Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the V1 Church Podcast. You're about to hear episode two from our series, Beaches. Pastor Julie Signorelli brought a thought-provoking and transformational message. And whether you're new to faith or you've been a Christian for a long time, we believe that this message is going to change the way you view the world and your relationship with God. So here it is, episode two of Beaches. So how many have been enjoying our series on Galatians? How many of you have been challenged? Have been, uh, how many of you have dug a little deeper into the Bible since starting this series? Like maybe you, maybe you didn't read it at all and now you're reading it a little, or maybe you read it a little and now you're reading it more. Anybody taking a deeper dive, okay? Because that, praise God, awesome. And um, what I want to encourage you to do is Go a little deeper than usual. So if your usual is like, you know what, I haven't read it at all, start with one verse a day. Simple, right? If you download the app, it just comes right on your phone. If you are like, well, I read it here and there, try to make a habit every day, right? So I just want to encourage you, just take it a step further. We're not asking you to be, you know, um, biblical Bible scholars and wear a robe or anything like that. But um, if you want to, go for it. It'll be fun. Um, we'll do it together. I don't know. Uh, so we've been talking about the importance of reading our Bible. If you haven't got a chance to listen to the podcast last week, we gave some really cool statistics on Bible reading and how um, the Lord uses that in your life. Check that out. Definitely listen to that. Get caught up. But I want to tell you something. How many have ever heard someone say, I need a word from God. I need to hear from God. Right? I need a sign. I want to tell you the Bible is full of God's word. So the next time you have that feeling and you're like, I need to hear God's word and you don't hear anything or you don't see anything, just open up the Bible. Start with a psalm. You might read about God's faithfulness to you in a, in a lonely season or start in the, in the Gospels and you'll see how God worked a miracle. So I want to encourage you guys, if you need a word from God, start with his word, right? We always want it to come through people or through the side of a semi-truck, right? Have you ever asked for that? <laughs> Okay, just me? All right, never mind. Um, But anyways, I want to share with you just a couple quotes. Uh, D.L. Moody said, depend on it, my friends, that if you get tired of the word of God and it becomes boring to you, you are out of communion with him. When I read that, that convicted my heart so much because I think you would probably like to believe that as pastors, we're just like reading the Bible nine to five every day or whatever. That's like not real life. (laughs) Um, But I guess if you think that of me, I'm a little bit flattered. Um, But that's not real life. And and that really convicted me because uh, I feel like sometimes we think when I have time or I don't know that I have, have all this, you know, mental, you know, I've got toddlers, toddler who whines. Yeah, it's real. And uh, it can be hard to really dig into a text, but you know what I've learned is that it's about communion with God. And so I don't dread a conversation with my husband because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to talk about this deep stuff. No, I just start talking to him. And sometimes with the Bible, you don't have to worry about if you're going to understand this or just start reading it. 
So I want to encourage you, like, just begin that communion with God. Don't put any uh, expectations, parameters on it. Just read it. Start with a psalm a day. Whatever the day of the month is, read a psalm. So I just want to encourage you that for those who might be a little discouraged or intimidated because I, for one, was extremely intimidated about the Bible. It just looks so big. And the words are so tiny. But there are so many versions out there. Find the one that fits your vibes, fits your style, and um, yeah, go for it. I also want to encourage you, this is something else that Moody had said. It says, if you are impatient, sit down and quietly commune with Job. That's a book of the Bible. If you are strong-headed, read about Moses and Peter. If you lack courage, look at Elijah. If there is no song in your heart, listen to David. If you lead in a non-Christian environment, read Daniel. If you feel morally corrupt, don't say amen. If you feel morally corrupt, I'm just kidding, read Isaiah. If your heart is cold, read of the beloved disciple John. If your faith is low, read Paul. We're going to read about that today. If you get lazy, learn from James. And if you're losing sight of the future, read Revelation. So I want to encourage you in whatever season you're in, God's word really has everything in it. And by the way, it is not boring. It is really juicy, actually. So Song of Solomon, guys. Song of Solomon. It's juicy. But we're not studying that today, so don't, get, don't, don't go there. Don't Google it while you're here. So we, we've been studying the book of Galatians. We're in chapter 2. And so last week we discussed, uh, we talked, we read that chapter all the way through. And today we're going to read a chapter all the way through. So if you listened last week and you're listening today, you'll read two chapters of the Bible. Come on. You guys are practically scholars wearing robes. Next week, you guys are all going to be in robes and Pastor Mike's going to come in and be like, what? Our little inside joke. Don't tell. Okay. So we, we had Paul who was asserting his authority as an apostle, and uh, he established the fact that the gospel is the only way to Jesus and that any other way is cursed. And that means that doesn't mean that that person is bad or that person's awful. It just means that the way that they chose doesn't have life. Jesus is the way to life. It's the way to freedom. So we talked about that. And then he addresses those who are skeptical of his conversion. Paul was not a good dude. He actually started out with a different name. He killed people. And so you have these people who were questioning the conversion and the legitimacy of his transformation. And if you might think, oh, whatever, have people questioned your transformation? I got free from drugs. Okay, we'll see. I'm going to be a, a good, you know, spouse now. Okay, we'll see, right? We all got those, so we're not too distant from Paul. But we're going to jump into Galatians 2 today. <clears throat> and I'm just going to start reading. It said, then after 14 years, I want you guys to underline that or just kind of make note. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. 
I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. Okay, so those are the first couple scriptures of Galatians. Now, the first thing I want you to notice, if you're taking notes, this is going to be some noteworthy content, if I do say so myself. <laughs> that was a joke. It's okay. We don't have to be so serious, people. So I'm going to tell you three things about Paul, okay? Paul was considered one of the greatest apostles, and there are some things about his character that I feel in those first couple verses that we're going to see is, one, consistency. Paul was consistent. It shows this by saying, after 14 years, 14 years, some of y'all can't stay in a Netflix show for one episode. This dude was, was committed for 14 years. And so what mission have you stayed faithful to for 14 years? I know when I grew up, and probably a lot of you, your parents might have the same uh, story, was you basically got out of school, whether you went to college or high school, you got a job, right? And you stayed with that same company until you retired. All the millennials are like, what is, what are the, what is that? Like, what are you talking about? Because I know for a fact, after I graduated with, after I graduated college, that was not my reality, right? Finding your career path, and those careers don't even exist anymore, and and so there's a lot of layers there, right? Times have changed, cultures changed, but but the thing about character is that consistency can stay the same, even if your job changes. You can be a consistently hard worker even if your company downsizes and you transition jobs. Did you know that? So we have to work on consistency and being faithful. Number two is that Paul chose, so if you're taking notes, number one is consistency. Number two is that he chose his comrades wisely. It says that he surrounded himself with Barnabas, which actually meant son of encouragement, and Titus, which meant nurse. So he had an encourager and a caretaker. Some of the friends that you have around might be negative Nancy and nosy Rosie. You need to get a new circle, right? Or you need to put some boundaries up. Or what you, if you want to go to the next level, your circle is everything. Do you remember your family or your friend or parent or whatever saying, you are who you hang with? Guess what? I'm 35 and you are who you hang with. That message has not changed. And so choose your comrades wisely. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Number three, Paul had accountability. It says that he took two people with him. Accountability. He did not do things in isolation. He sought accountability, and he didn't wait for accountability to find him. The scripture doesn't say, well, a group of elders got me together, said I should travel with people. Said I shouldn't be alone, said I shouldn't. It says, no, he took them with, and then he went to his accountability and said, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to say. What do you think? People who are next level do not have those conversations on the back end of a decision or on the back end of a conversation. They have them on the front end. 
So I want to encourage you, if you've been uh, trying to figure out, man, I want to go to the next level, whether it's in my job or in my spiritual life, in my ministry, in whatever, you know, in my hobby, whatever it is, I want to encourage you, bring all your motives on the front end, bring all your dreams on the front end to an accountability and allow them to speak into that. Amen? Not a lot of amens on that, but that's okay because that's wisdom. So someone who is a next level leader, they have those conversations on the front end. Even David said, search me, oh God. He, un- he unloaded all of the things in his heart privately before the Lord. Search me, know me, poke holes in what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. And so, so many of us are being held back in our consistency because of our fear of rejection from accountability. But guess what? People who are really for you will tell you the hard thing. They'll tell you to change. Okay, let's go to verse 3. I'm not going to stay there because I can stay there all day, but I won't. Verse 3, it says, but even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was Greek. Yet because of his false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, so that they might bring us into slavery. Verse 5, to them we did not yield submission, even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Here's the thing, religious people, your, your freedom will not make sense. It will not make sense to them. And so religion, what they want to do is give you a bunch of rules, right, so it can control you, right? But what relationship with Jesus wants to do is saying, hey, it doesn't mean that some of those rules aren't bad. It just means that we're not bound by them and our salvation isn't earned through them. Religion calls you out, right? That's what those spies who are coming into that service were trying to do to them. They were trying to call them out. But relationship with Jesus calls you up. And so some people will only be close to you. Some people will only draw close to the change in your life to spy and to catch you and call you on the carpet. But here's the thing. God can even use that. Because I'm sure that you've all had friends in your spiritual journey who've said, I don't know, let me come to that place. I'm not sure about that. And then God totally rocks their world, reaches them where they're at, And then sure enough, you guys are, you know, walking this thing out together. Has that ever happened to anybody in the room? That's definitely happened to me. And so even Titus was Syrian. And so God has a way of using the people who you don't even suspect. Let's keep reading. Verse 6, it says, And and from those who seemed to be influential, what what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. And on the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to be uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted to the gospel to the circumcised. In other words, Paul was called to the Gentile, the non-Jew, and Peter was called to the Jews. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's what he's saying. And verse 8, for he worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to be circumcised, worked 
also through me for mine to the Gentiles. Verse 9, and when James and Peter and John, who seemed to be pillared, pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me so that we could go to the Gentiles to be circumcised. Only they asked us, remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. So here's the thing. Paul was called to the non-Jews. Peter was called uh, to the Jews. And the fastest route to becoming peers with heroes is stay in your lane. The thing that Peter was having trouble with is that when he would go to eat dinner with the Jews, he's act like a Jew. When he would go, or the religious people, if that gives you a better context. And then when he would go have dinner with the Gentiles, he's loosey-goosey hanging out, you know, this is fun, right? Trying to be all things to all people, which we're going to talk about in a minute, a people pleaser. But Paul concerned himself with what he should be doing, and it caused him to be embraced by the disciples. But here's the thing. Verse 11, but when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. This is Paul talking. I can't, Paul talking. I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But then when he drew back and separated himself, he was fearing the circumcision party or the religious people. The rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with them so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Here's the thing. What you do publicly will most likely get rebuked publicly. Okay? So you have this picture of Peter who's trying to be all things to all people. Doesn't say Peter was bad. It just said, hey, you're given a fault, you're given, you're given the wrong picture here. We're trying to show them that, we're trying to show these non-religious, these Gentiles, these non-Jews, that you can still be saved by Jesus and you don't have to check all the spiritual boxes. And yet Peter cared about what the religious people thought, and so what is he doing? He's given the Gentile boxes. Check this box, check this box, do this, do this. And Jesus came to free us from all of that. It's call-out culture versus call-up culture. At V1 Church, we don't call people out. We call people up. Yeah, you can clap for that. We call them up. But here's what I love about Peter. So, you know, it kind of sounds like I might be dogging Peter a little bit. But I want to tell you, Peter was a cornerstone. And so Peter actually preached one of the greatest sermons of all time, and Peter got free from this people-pleasing spirit. But it took Paul's in Peter's life to say, come up. Jesus forgave Peter for denying him. Do you know that Peter actually was the one that denied Jesus um, when he was going through the crucifixion? And guess who Peter denied Jesus to? It wasn't a guard. It wasn't a judge. It was a little girl. It was a little girl. 
When you talk about somebody who is really held to a people-pleasing spirit, it's like me caring about what my five-year-old thinks. I don't care. That one's free. That has nothing to do with my sermon. (laughs) But it's something that Peter was struggling with. He was wrestling with. He was an apostle. He changed the world. But he kept having to buck up against that fear of people-pleasing. But Peter had to do it afraid. If you don't have the courage to do it yourself, you need to get a Paul in your life to say, hey, bro, stop doing everything your friends are telling you to do. That's not the vision for your life. That's not the vision for your life. Who cares if they're all going out on a Friday night? That's not your vision. Who cares if they're spending all their money recklessly? That's not the vision for your life. You need Paul's in your life to not call you out, but call you up, remind you of who you are and whose you are. Peter was a really good example of of trying to try too hard in the other direction, right? So you have these two extremes that we talk about in church. And you might say, well, I don't really have an addiction, right? Or I'm not stealing or living in what we call like blatant sin or, you know, you're not hurting people or whatever. But we have this other extreme. So that exists, right? But we also have this other extreme of this religious extreme. Did you know that you can actually lose your marriage over ministry? Do you know that you can also lose it over infidelity, but you have this other extreme where you go way too far in this other direction? Did you know that you can actually pray all the hours of your day away and not play with your kids? And that's just as guilty. Did you know that you can actually read your Bible the entire day, quit your job and whatever, and then meanwhile you have your family who's upset hurt and you miss the entire season. There are two extremes. And the person who's addicted to every Bible study, every book is no more guilty than the person who's addicted to alcohol and drugs. Because this person is judging everybody, but they both need Jesus the same. And so maybe you're on one of those two extremes. And here's the thing. If you grow in your knowledge and understanding of the Bible, but not in your obedience to what it's actually saying, you have become the living definition of religion. But God is calling us up and into a relationship. Let's keep reading. Verses 15, it says, Ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentiles by sinners. Yet we know that the person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus. So also have we believed in Jesus Christ. In order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law or not by the spiritual checklist, right? Right? 
because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Verse 19, for the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I died to the law. It means that I died in an attempt to please God with all of my spiritual good works. I stopped thinking I was less of a Christian because I don't want to check every single thing off the list right? Here's a, a little account of Peter. So Peter got it together, by the way. He's awesome. And he got free of that. And he was also martyred for the gospel. He gave his life for the gospel. And when they went to crucify him, he actually said, turn my cross upside down. I'm not even worthy to be crucified the same way. And I wonder if all his striving for significance, Peter remembered this scripture, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, not by works, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, but for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ would have died for no purpose. Christ did not die for a checklist. He did not die so that you would be good little Christian boys and girls. You do not get an extra gold star for taking the Instagram picture of your Bible verse highlighted with a cup of coffee and a candle. And extra credit if you put a worship song on it. You don't get it. You don't get that extra blessing from a checklist. God set us free from all the checklists so that we could be free to love and live in the goodness of his mercy and his grace. And it doesn't mean that we get to do whatever we want. But it does mean that we're not bound by the law. We don't have to follow a religious checklist, but we get to walk in the freedom of his goodness. We get to choose him. I have been crucified with Christ. No longer I that live, but he who lives in me. Here's the thing. Paul had a weakness. Some of you have a weakness. Some of you are Peters in here. You are a people pleaser. And you change your vision every time somebody judges it. And you change your peace every time someone judges it. And you change your location and your job and your significant other. Go down the list. You are a people pleaser. Some of you are that. I was that. I get to say it. I'll be the first one to say, yep, I cared. But I had to come to an understanding that it was no longer Christ, but he who lives in me. We all have a thorn. Paul had a thorn. The guy calling Peter out, he had a thorn. We don't even know what it is. We all have something in our life. I'm going to tell you this story really quick. I had this moment um, it was on my way to church a couple of years ago. I'm going to get vulnerable with you guys. Is that okay? Okay. 
I was on my way to church a couple years ago. Some of you have had this exact morning two hours ago, so I don't feel any judgment because I know somebody in here who, um, I mean, I don't know, but you know, you get me. So I, I'm on my way to church and I'm, I just lose it on my kids. I mean, they were being really naughty, but that's neither here nor there, right? And I just lose it on them, yell, you know, I'm just mad. I'm like sweating, right? I'm driving, road rage, right? I'm working on it, my thorn, thorn in my side. Don't cut me off, by the way, you'll regret it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm on my way to church, people, I'm a pastor. And I yell at my kids and I get mad and I'm sweating. And and I didn't even share the story first service because I was probably Peter, I was probably people pleasing. And I get to church and I have to do, I have to do an exhortation. And so I take the mic and let me tell you a moment of feeling like I was not worthy. Like I had literally just burned every religious box. Like that's how I felt in that moment. Didn't feel worthy. Didn't check my spiritual boxes, right? And what happened was, is my kids like to watch the live stream sometimes. And so it just kind of auto plays. And every time that service would come up, I literally couldn't even watch it. I was like, just turn the channel. Like, I just felt so guilty about it. And the Lord spoke to me the last time that it popped up. And he said, Jules, I got you. You're forgiven. It's good. And I got free in that moment of feeling like I had to check a box. And so some of you may have had that moment this morning. Some of you might be sitting in that moment. Some of you might have done something you shouldn't have last night, or maybe you uh, felt a kind of way, or maybe you lost it on your kids or on your spouse or on your boyfriend or whatever. But I want to tell you that there's freedom today. And that if you are wounded, if you have failed, I want to encourage you. Paul had a weakness too. He had, he had a thorn in his side. Peter had fear of man. And here's what I want to tell you. Do it afraid. Do it broke. Do it wounded. Do it unqualified. Do it divorced. Do it single. Do it sick. Do it addicted. I'm going to tell you this morning, do it uneducated, do it confused, do it not knowing what you're doing, amen, do it orphan, do it with the past, just do what God's called you to do and stop worrying about the boxes this morning, will you stand with me? We don't fear man, we don't fear opinion. We have to be true to God's vision and his destiny and his purpose in our life. And so my prayer this morning is that today, whatever whatever thing that you feel like disqualified you today, that you walk out of that theater door totally free. And I hope that thing never follows you again. I'm telling you, when when that moment happened, to me. Was it my choice? Was it my words? I was not a victim of circumstance. I chose anger. I chose all those things. But guess what? I'm free. I'm not bound to that decision. I'm not a bad mom. I'm not a bad pastor. I'm a human who's working out the things of God in their life. And so I had to get freedom from your opinions. I had to get freedom from my own mind's opinions. I had to get freedom from the internet's opinion. 
And I had to focus on Jesus. And so this morning, what I'm asking you to do is have a moment where you allow the Holy Spirit to not call you out, call you up. And if there's something in your life that needs to go, maybe you're on the extreme of you're struggling with addiction or you're struggling with some sort of uh, thorn in your side, or maybe you're on the religious extreme and you've judged and you've judged every church and every ministry and every song, or maybe you're judging me right now. I don't know. Maybe that's you. God wants to free you today. And this ain't about calling you out. It's about calling you up. So this morning, would you do this with me? If there's someone here, will you close your eyes? If there's somebody here who you have never accepted Jesus, you've been stuck in a religious box or maybe you've been stuck in a personal, uh, a personal journey that you just can't get free of and you need to accept Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. We want to pray for you this morning. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's it. The only, you only got to check one box, right? And it's Jesus. That's it. I receive your forgiveness in my life, Lord. I want to pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Father God, I thank you that you're setting people free. In Jesus' name. The second call I want to have today is if you are on one of those extremes, if you have a thorn in your side, maybe it's a religious thorn, maybe it's an addiction thorn, but you raise your hand. doesn't matter where you fall on that extreme, but you want to get free right now in Jesus' name. I want you to raise your hand. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father God, do what only you can do this morning. Do what only you can do this morning. In Jesus' name, all is forgiven. All is set free and we thank you and we praise you come on lift your hands let's worship him thanks for listening to the v1 church podcast we feel so confident that this message positively impacted your life that we want to ask you to do something bold share it with a friend we'll see you next time